welcome to the Research Culture Uncovered podcast, where in every episode we explore what is research culture and what should it be. You'll hear thoughts and opinions from a range of contributors to help you change research culture into what you want it to be. Hi, this is Jed Hall, and for those of you who don't know me, I'm an academic development consultant at the University of Leeds. You're joining us in Season 5 of our Research Culture Uncovered podcast, where we're diving into the effects of research impact on research culture and focusing on different topics to ensure those effects are positive. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Saskia Ghent. Saskia is Director of Insights to Impact, which she founded in 2017. Prior to that, she was Head of Research Quality and Impact at the University of Sussex, where she led the university's submission to the Research Excellence Framework. For our international listeners, that's the UK's National Research Assessment Exercise in 2014. Her experience with Impact goes all the way back to 2010, working on a project funded by the UK government to help developing countries realise benefits from migration. Saskia, welcome. Hi, good. Nice to see you. Good to see you too. As I've said in previous interviews, I'm a bit of a sports fanatic. So before we dive into the interview, Saskia, I wonder if you could tell me more about your footballing career. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't really describe it as a career. In actual fact, um, I suppose the the thwarting of a sort of sporting career is where it came from. Um, I uh, set up and run with a, with a great friend of mine, a veterans women's football team. Uh, so I started my footballing career when I was 43. Um, and I think we are now a, a group of uh, around 25 uh, women. We're sort of all over 40, uh, average age now 53. Um, and we're primarily uh, women who were never able to play football at school. It wasn't a girls' sport, um, and so we we didn't have the chance to play then, and we're absolutely loving the chance to to play later in life. So we're all pretty new to it. Um, I actually uh, observed a walking football, men's walking football game recently and realised they're probably faster than we are anyway. Um, but we, we have a fantastic coach every other week, uh, and we started nearly 10 years ago now, um, and it's re- the whole sport has really grown. Um, women's recreational football has grown massively, you know, helped by the, I'm sure, the huge success of uh, the national team. Um, but locally, we've there are uh, increasing numbers of, of teams that play, and so we get to play um, slightly more competitive matches. I, I wouldn't say they're entirely competitive, but more competitive matches, um, and it's a fantastic uh, thing. I've never really been a sports person in the past, um, in my day, you know, you either liked books or sport, and I liked books, so I didn't really do sport until I was much older. Um, one thing that I'm absolutely delighted about this year is that um, my company, Insights for Impact, is now sponsoring our football shirt. So uh, that's a real, uh, a real achievement for me. It's a bit of a, a milestone, I think, uh, to be sponsoring my own football team. That's fantastic. Yeah, you maybe you're one of those really rich um owners that come into the, the Premier League in the UK. That's fantastic. I yeah, I'd, I'd, love to give... buy, I'd love to buy in a few more uh, skilled players, but uh we'll yeah. make do with what we've got. Well, I had to give up my football career in my thirties uh, when my knees gave way. So <laughs> so congratulations for picking it up much later than that. Um Getting back onto onto impact, during 2022, you co-authored a, a journal article that analysed 77 impact strategies from research organisations across the globe. 
I really wish that article had been uh, been published before I was developing the leads engaged for impact strategy with my colleague, Dr. Alexa Ruppertsberg. But the work you were doing was still really massively helpful. And, and thanks for introducing me to the people at Plymouth Marine Laboratory who developed a great strategy uh, with your help. So I would really like to focus on impact strategies in this interview and how they interact with research culture at a university or research organisation. So focusing in on that, what's the most common advice you give to institutional clients who want to develop an impact strategy? Yeah, I mean, I guess the the sort of my usual starting point is to kind of ask them why they want to do this. Um, I think there's sometimes a sense that this is, you know, something that need, needs to be done. It needs to be ticked off. Um, but really thinking about, you know, what's your motivation for doing it and who is it for um, is, is always the best place to start. I mean, we found that um, a large proportion of the strategies we looked at um, were kind of impact bits of a broader research strategy. And I'm very much of the mind that impact and research should be um, incorporated. You know, that the impact is a essential part of research and they should be seen as kind of a one one package of activity rather than impact being bolted on and we've had a bit of this discussion in the UK quite recently where uh, the research councils the funding bodies in the UK uh, used to require researchers to write about impact separately in what was called the pathways to impact section of research funding that was then removed and the case was made that actually impact should be embedded uh, right across and I do I completely agree with that I think that's the right way to do things but I guess my question is are we ready to do that yet you know have we got the understanding the capacity the skills the motivation to make sure that that does happen and I think that in many instances that isn't we're not yet we're not yet there you know that's the aspiration and that's the direction that things ought to move in um and so I guess I'm I'm often thinking about you know where is this fitting is this something that is well integrated into the research culture into the research endeavor um as a whole or is it something that's bolted on and I'm you know I'm very anti the idea that this is something that that's bolted on um, so one of the questions that I ask is kind of what, what's there already? You know, do you already have a research culture, a research strategy into which you're trying to embed your impact activity? Can you co-develop your impact strategy as part of a broader research strategy, which, you know, is really kind of my my ideal starting point? You know, we're not always in that in that situation, but that's kind of what I would be what I would recommend. I mean, in the work with PML, they had sort of they were sort of almost at the end of their research strategy development. And so we kind of had to sort of re, re uh, retrofit some some of that to some extent. Um, but, you know, that that's my that would be my ideal starting point to, to, to ensure that it's being embedded in a broader uh, research strategy. And then I think one of the really important questions is about if you're prepared to make some hard decisions because, you know, a strategic making making the case for any sort of strategy is often about what you're what you don't do as much as what, what you do do. And in res, uh, university, res, university strategies, university research strategies in particular, I mean, researchers, universities have such a wide remit that often they find it really hard not to say we do everything. 
Um, you know, you can see this as um, universities develop their sort of thematic approaches. Often it's how broad can we make these themes so everything is going to fit into it rather than really focusing in on what they want to be expert in or what they want to um, really invest in. Um, because investing in specific areas might mean that you aren't investing in other areas and that, you know, that if people aren't prepared to make those very very difficult decisions then you know it's going you know you 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 you're going to be led down a certain path um and so understanding if you know where where people are with that is is one of the key things and then the third uh, the other thing that i um, have been asking people about recently and probably uh, results in me not having as many kind of uh, contracts as I might do in this area is like what what have you already got especially you know as um universities have recently submitted essentially an impact strategy to 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 the to the government for assessment in the uh, research excellence framework 2021 that in a way you know go away and look at what you've said in there and see if that's really what you want to do um you know that, that those things were written for a particular purpose but in they're they're encapsulating uh strategies at a sort of not not, not always a departmental level but but at a sort of uh fractional level at what we call the university of assessment level so have a look at that and see see what you're saying in there and uh and, and maybe that that might be a place to a good place to start that's great and uh you know i definitely uh, agree with your concerns about the removal of pathways to impact personally i thought it was too soon um culture change from 2009 when it was introduced takes much longer than that actually um especially in especially in our sector uh, actually the he sector where culture doesn't really move that quickly um just moving on to um the strategies uh the paper identified that most strategies didn't really define what was meant by impact culture and, and its interaction with, with research culture. And in the discussion, it was noted that many strategies are more about perpetuating maybe a corporate culture, if we can, if you can describe it about that. What's your concern with this approach? Um, I guess part of that is, you know, to go back to the point about how impact fits in, um, and that sometimes um, the uh, elements of a strategy which are going to affect culture are subsumed um, into some sort of very broad brush uh, uh, research strategy elements. So things about, you know, open access, equality, uh, they're, they're they, can, they can be sort of very general and, and tend to be rather top down in that sort of situation. But I think one of the concerns was that the, the ideas about of culture, uh, use of the word culture was was there was an assumption or, you know, it wasn't really explained. And, uh, you know, there are different definitions of what what culture is, but it's a very complex idea, you know, and includes a whole range of different things. We identified behavior, values, expectations, attitudes, uh, norms. Um, and I think the attention and concern about research culture, you, you've probably talked about this in, in many of your uh, interviews already, but the, there's this, I think, um, well, the Wellcome Trust work on this is uses this, this idea of disruption and the, and the elements that can disrupt a healthy research culture. Um, so, you know, proliferation of metrics, um, competitive uh, competition, job insecurity, uh, rigid career pathways, over over focus on what they call chasing impact uh, those things can uh, can uh, disrupt a healthy research culture so it's almost like you know uh, there there isn't really a clear picture of what a good 
research culture is there so, certainly seems to be a sense of you know an understanding of what what might contribute to uh, disruption uh, of that culture and 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 you know maybe a strategy isn't the place to examine that but i think the 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 uh, use of the word culture and assertions around activity and aspirations tended to be more aspirational statements about um, what the um, impact culture might look like. And so that was really one of the concerns that it was sort of unexamined. It wasn't necessarily clear uh, what the strategies were talking about um, and that, you know, this was fairly ill-defined and that they were, you know, very sort of, you know, direct aspirational statements. One of the things that we talked about in the, in the paper was, the, the the potential for uh, future strategies to look more about sort of um, implementation. Uh, and so I think this is an area where a bit more examination of how these things, you know, what they what they really mean on the ground and how you might actually work towards those um, aspirations is going to be uh, really important. On the positive side, um, I think this also accords with the uh, focus on um, supporting kind of inherent motivations that came through the um, the paper. So thinking about um, you know how you how you align these sorts of strategies and activities with researcher values, inherent values that are kind of um, motivating uh, and are going to uh, help researchers move towards their own um, expectations and ambitions for their career, for their work, uh, for their societal um, impacts, and so on. Um, rather than these external drivers. So, you know, the uh, strategies which are driven more by values, mission, leadership, I think are, are really key things, um, rather than these the extrinsic uh, assessment of, you know, getting X number of four-star case studies um, is, is more likely to lead to uh, a positive research and impact culture, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that too. Um, just moving on to kind of those almost bottom-up um, values-driven strategies, did any of the of the seventy-seven that you analysed discuss those kinds of approaches to developing um, a good culture? And what would your advice be in trying to do this effectively? Yeah. Um, so in the uh, paper, we identified two broad types of impact strategies, what we call enabling strategies and achieving strategies. And really that kind of, that sort of um, framework or the sort of research question around that kind of came out of the work with with PML, sort of looking at what was out there, uh, looking at kind of where they were, um, looking at other other strategies to sort of inform, inform the work with them. And it became clear that um, some of the sort of larger organizations with more sort of uh, broader aims or broader remit, like, you know, a university level strategy tended to focus on the on the enabling uh, on, on the enabling side. So it, that's more about um, uh, creating um, uh, uh, impact capacity, building culture focus on partnerships and engagement, investing in the support and the capacity for for, uh, building impact. It was what I um, originally called do better impact. That that became honed into a slightly more professional term of enabling impact strategies. Um, And then on the other side, uh, with the the smaller, maybe more topic-focused organisations, more sort of research institute type organisations, we identified these sort of achieving impact strategies um, where there was a more fo- uh, more focus on specific beneficiaries, tended to be more structured implementation plans, um, 
often operating more as a boundary organization, so more closer to stakeholders, um, having a more co more focus on co-production, um, and more focused on generating best practice at the sort of project uh, project level, less less focus on um, e extrinsic. And so those those um, achieving impact strategies that tended to have more um, uh, now what how could we how could we compare it so compared instead of the do better impact it's more change specific things that you know that's kind of what they want to do they want to you know make it they're more change oriented and I think they tend um, to have a more bottom up approach. And what we, you know, they're, they're more they they're more likely to co-produce their impact strategies. They're closer to stakeholders, understand stakeholders' needs, and they use that information to build mm. impact strategies, which I think most of us would consider to be good practice. And so, in the in the strategies paper, we talked about the possibility of creating some sort of nested strategy. Uh, where um, you know, where maybe at project or departmental or research unit level, you 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 can create those more co-produced co strategies and then build up from there and maybe have an overarching enabling impact strategy, which is really built on the needs of those specific projects rather than the, the more top-down approach. Yeah, I mean that's what we've tried to tried to do with our institutional strategy is kind of, you know, say that kind of thing needs to be done at school level closer closer mm. to the stakeholders and really take those views on board so we're really hoping that 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 actually delivers uh over the next year or two um, we've mentioned um plymouth marine laboratory pml a number of times um and you did some great work with them and the paper had identified their research strategy as one of the exemplars from the 77 you looked at so tell us a tell us a little bit more more about PML, the institution, and the work you did with them and, and what's so great about their strategy. Sure, yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, I should say that I didn't have anything to do with selecting them as one of the exemplars. I was <laughs> I was excluded from that discussion. So uh, uh I didn't have any influence on that and was uh, delighted that they were that they were selected as as one of the um, useful exemplars. Um so I think this was something that so Plymouth Marine Laboratory um, are uh, uh, based in the UK. Uh, they're actually a registered charity. Uh, they're they're funded um, by uh, NERC. Uh, the um, I can't remember what the acronym for NERC stands for. I don't know if you know what, what it is. But it's Natural a, Environment Research you, Council. Yeah, it's the one I struggle council. with the most as well. <laughs> they're a research council that focuses on environmental and resourcing issues um and uh they uh, pml were not part of the the last ref cycle but they did have to generate impact case studies uh for their for their key funder um and they uh and, and i supported them with, with doing that but essentially coming out of that they realized where there were some kind of holes in what they were doing uh you know that there was uh there were pockets of excellence but they wanted to ensure that they were really kind of raising and um, the level of impact activity right across the organization 
And I have to say that although I, I operated kind of on a on a sort of coaching basis with 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 PML with the two with the two leads who were who were running the the strategy, which was a fantastic way to work with them, um, partly because they were so active, they were so engaged in, in how this was done, and they did a, a brilliant job of internal communications. That was really key to to them developing this. You know, they started with the survey, they communicated brilliantly with the with the research body and with the senior management, and that really really helped. I think lay the foundation for something that was successful and we mapped kind of three different strands that they were interested in and so you know the the culture was one of those you know they wanted to to have a a more impact driven research culture but they understood that this was you know they needed to raise awareness and understanding they needed a more active internal dialogue um, and they needed to provide some some more um, support structures um, they were in, interested internally in kind of capturing and recognizing and understanding, so building in some evaluation. Um, but also they understood that, you know, external relationships were really going to be key to this. As we know, relationships with stakeholders underpins all successful impact. Um, and so they put in a, 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 real, a strand that was really about building some of those longer term relationships and um, prioritizing, strategically prioritizing engagement with certain uh, certain stakeholders. Um, and, and we worked, you know, we worked together. I, I did a sort of information gathering exercise uh, with their senior management and looking at kind of where they were were internally compared that with you know with some of the good practice that we see externally uh and then and and made and sort of developed map recommendations for them uh together and we we identified that they were kind of between enabling and achieving at the time um but they very they had a bit sort of some very clear change objectives and actually one of the interesting inter- discussions we had internally was how far we could persuade the senior management to commit some of those external impact objectives. You know, I think they were concerned that they would be held to account, uh, you know, for for some of their ambitions around um, biodiversity loss or creating sustainable fisheries and aquaculture. You know, they, they, they were quite cautious about having some of these really as we we saw them quite powerful um kind of change objectives built into their um into their impact strategy um and so there was quite a long period of of sort of negotiation about what the what the impact strategy could uh, could include um uh but but uh, you know essentially they they ended up with something was which was based around an overarching theory of change um which had um kind of enablers within it um and an ambition to create um sort of uh a, a nested theory of change for 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 the the key areas of um impact um, beneath that uh and and that's i think still work in progress for them but uh um i'm i'm very pleased to see that they that they're being asked to go and talk about impact at some sort of quite high level uh un organizations and so on so uh, i think uh, i think they they're demonstrating some some achievements in that area yeah, it was, um, I mean, for me personally, it was a great conversation and thanks for making the introduction. You know, it really helped to um, cement some of our thinking and how we might do it, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. it's okay having these aspirations, but it's actually how do you do it that's uh, yeah. that's also really important. Um, I could talk to you about this all day, but we're, you know, we're coming to the end of our time together. And so the final question is really kind of trying to, summarize all of this so and actually kind of you know a bit of a meta question in terms of what's the impact on that piece of research been for you um so how is the how has conducting this research influenced how you work with university clients in developing strategies and or supporting 
uh, researchers, either in groups or individuals, to achieve impact? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess, first of all, uh, it's not the sort of thing that I do every day, you know, working with an institution to develop an impact strategy is kind of, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fairly large project. And so they're, you know, they're not, they're not coming through the door every day, but I have had the opportunity to work with, uh, with several organizations on, on this. Um, And uh, I think one of the things that really underpins our work together is is thinking about value is thinking about values so you know asking the why question um making sure that they're you know that that our our values are aligned because you know i'm 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 i guess i'm motivated by the idea of creating a a a positive research and impact culture and i'm not keen to support things where i think you know it's going to create that sort of disruption or sense of competition or uh, frustration for researchers so you know the idea of working with um, with values and with inherent motivations is really key to my work, um, both in terms of developing strategies, but also in, in terms of the sort of broader work that I do. I do quite a lot of uh, work with uh, projects or with individual researchers, you know, perhaps in, in a sort of more coaching uh, mm. model to support uh, researchers with their impact development. Um, and so, again, this idea of of working with values and 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 uh, aligning our work with kind of inherent motivation is it really is key to to pretty much everything I do and um, I find that 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 it builds rapport with people and researchers respond to it this is really hard work to do you know we know that researchers are negotiating how this fits in with their broader research careers how they find the time for it how it's valued in their organizations and so if they if they can't tap into their own inherent motivations it's going to make it much more of a struggle um you know and, I, and so i'm i'm kind of both working with inherent motivations yes this is important for you to do but then some of those external um uh drivers also really need to be in place those supportive um you know making sure that workload models don't mitigate against um impact work making sure that you know research leave isn't only for writing a paper but also you can think about impact work making sure that you know the promotion criteria really are embedding impact in them not just saying it but also the panels are aware of what this means and what it looks like you know really driving that through all of those activities and not just not just in the in the strategies that are on paper not just in the policies but actually in in practice yeah, absolutely. And that, you know, policies aren't um, on the indicator of culture change. It's the behaviours that are the indicator yeah. of culture change. And, and that thing with panels, that's absolutely, um, that's absolutely crucial in terms of if they don't operationalise the, the impact criteria, then it doesn't then it doesn't happen yeah. yeah yeah exactly if your panels don't understand impact and don't value yeah. impact then it, it's not going to um you know having it in the criteria isn't going to have the powerful effect that it can do yeah saskia thank you so much for a really interesting chat and um and i really hope the football team takes off under under your new uh, sponsorship arrangement excellent lots more goals in 2023 absolutely thanks a lot thanks a lot great bye. to talk to you bye Thanks for listening to the Research Culture Uncovered podcast. Please subscribe so you never miss out on our brand new episodes. And if you're enjoying the discussions, give us some love by dropping a five-star rating and written review as it helps other research culturists find us. And please share with a friend and show them how to subscribe. Thanks for listening and here's to you and your research culture.